Jay. Um, I'll uh, straight away uh, start by uh, going to the topic since we are all uh, online. And uh, my topic is the uh, Brahmo Samaj with regard to uh, rituals, especially the controversies within the Brahmo Samaj and the splits within the Brahmo Samaj uh, centering around rituals to a great extent. Uh, as we all know, uh, the Brahmo Samaj was founded in uh, 1828 by uh, Raja Rammohan Roy. It was called Danta uh, Pratipadit Satya Dharma. And uh, it was based on the uh, Upanishads and it was based on uh, Advaita Vedanta initially at the time of uh, Raja Rammohan Roy and his uh, Follower uh, Ramchandra Vidyavadi. Ram uh, Rammohan Roy died five years after he founded the Brahmo Samaj, and uh, it was continued by uh, Ramchandra Vidyavadi. And their ideas were based on two pillars. One was Vedic Pramanya, so they accepted the idea of uh, Vedic infallibility. And secondly, Advaita philosophy, they uh, accepted uh, Shankara's doctrine of um, uh, monism. Later. Devendranath Tagore, the father of uh, Rabindranath Tagore, he joined the Brahmo Samaj and he introduced various uh, changes within the Brahmo Samaj. Firstly, he was a Dvaita and he changed the philosophy of the uh, Brahmo Samaj from Advaita to uh, Dvaita. Secondly, he gave it a formal shape by uh, inaugurating certain new uh, rituals of the Samaj. During the time of um, Ramohan Roy and uh, Ramchandra Vidyavadish, most of the people who joined the Samaj intellectually sympathized with the Samaj. But they, in their uh, daily lives, they followed the uh, prevailing rituals, like in their own homes, like in their uh, marriages, uh, shraddha ceremonies, etc. They followed the prevailing uh, rituals. So there was no difference in the performing of these uh, rituals. Devendranath Chagor, he formulated a Anushthan Paddhati, where he kept as close as possible to the original rituals, only excluding the aspects which they considered to be idolatry. Because the Brahmo Samad, from the very beginning, it was uh, based on the Upanishads, it uh, rejected the Karmakanda, and so they said that uh, idolatry and also what they considered to be uh, polytheism, worshipping of uh, multiple devatas, uh, uh, devis, etc. was something not sanctioned by the highest uh, philosophy of uh, Hindu, Hinduism. That was what uh, their conception was. So uh, in uh, Devendranath's uh, Anushthan Paddhati, he excluded certain aspects like the worshipping of the Shalgram Shila, like the Yajna, etc. And he considered these to be symbolic. For example, the uh, Yajnas, the Saptapadi, all of these were substituted by uh, symbolic uh, things, which were part of the Anushtan Paddhati formulated by uh, Devendranath in 1861. In 1865, there was a split in the Brahmo Samaj. There were actually two splits. The first split, which uh, happened in uh, 1865, uh, centered around the uh, wearing of the Upavita by the Acharyas of the 
Brahmo Samaj. The Acharyas were the people who officiated in the uh, Upasanas, which was the formal uh, worshipping, uh, the uh, uh, ceremonial worship of the Samaj. So these uh, Acharyas, they were all of them of the Brahmin caste and they wore the Upavita. There was a certain group led by Keshav Chandra sent by uh, certain others who were the products of the English education, Western education, etc. So they were what has been termed within inverted commas to be the progressive uh, reformist group, etc, etc. So they wanted to make a further break in the sense that they wanted that no person wearing an uh, upavita, which they uh, considered to be a caste, uh, uh, symbol of caste, should officiate at the uh, ceremonies. I should have added at the beginning that when uh, Raja Ram Mohan Roy started the Brahmo Samaj, uh, within the uh, Upasana ceremony, there was a portion where there was the uh, recitation of the Vedas by Telugu Brahman Pandits, which used to be held in a separate room with a parda and where only Brahmins by caste were allowed to enter into that room and to hear the uh, chanting of the Vedas. So this was how it uh, started out. Later, when this uh, new group came into the picture, they were a kind of uh, iconoclastic group and they were against uh, the caste uh, thread, against the sacred uh, thread. They were against various other uh, rituals, various other parts of the Samaj, various other parts of the Upasana, and they wanted to incorporate certain other uh, doctrines from other parts of the world, from other religions, uh, especially Christianity, etc. Because they considered Brahmo Dharma to be a universalistic kind of Dharma. So this split happened on that basis in uh, 1865. Later on, a second split happened in uh, 1878. This second split happened because Keshav Chandra, the leader of the second group, he gave his underage daughter in marriage to the prince of uh, Kochbihar and which was followed by the Sanatani rituals including the worshipping of the Shalgram Shila and the blowing of the conch shell etc. which many of the so-called progressive Brahmos who were among his followers, they found all these objectionable. So uh, this was one of the reasons why they again broke away from uh, Keshav's leadership and they formed a third Brahmo Samaj, which was called the Sadharan Brahmo Samaj in 1878. Now, uh, as I had told you at the very beginning, the uh, one of the pillars of the Brahmo Samaj was Vedic Pramanya. Ram Mohan Roy himself believed in it. His follower, Ram Chandra Vidyavadis, believed in it. In uh, Devendranath's time, there was a controversy regarding this also because uh, Akshay Kumar Datta, who was one of the leading men of the so-called uh, rationalist party. He was against this uh, doctrine. Devendranath sent five Brahmin youth to Benaras to study the Vedas and to come back with their uh, report whether the doctrine of Vedic Pramanya can be upheld. Later in uh, 1849, yielding to the pressure of the majority of the uh, members at that time, the doctrine of Vedic Pramanya was uh, rejected by the Samaj, which uh, Shivnath Shastri, later one of the very important uh, leaders of the Samaj, had called a theological revolution. 
This step has also been criticized later within the Samaj because another ideologue, much later, Sitana Tatva Bhushan, in his writings, he uh, criticizes the rejection of the doctrine of Vedic infallibility when he says that in this step, the Brahmo Samaj was uh, lost of its philosophical moorings and it uh, did not have a strong foothold on which to base its uh, thought and uh, philosophy. Now, after the first split in uh, 1865, the uh, faction which was led by Devendranath Tagore, the Adi Brahmo Samaj, that faction again changed its rituals, conforming even more to the prevailing uh, general Hindu rituals in a sense that they reintroduced the uh, Upanayana ceremony and they reintroduced the Saptapadi Gaman at the time of uh, marriage. The other sects had Saptapadi in a symbolic form, but not by physically taking the seven steps, which uh, the uh, Adi Brahmo Samaj had again uh, reintroduced. Keshav Chandra Sen in his Samaj, he introduced certain rituals from the, he, he actually made an amalgam of uh, Hindu, Vedic and Christian uh, rites and uh, rituals. Uh, when he consecrated his new Samaj in 1867, he had a huge yajna or home within the Samaj in order to consecrate the Samaj. So that was the only example I have found where the Brahmo Samaj had a yajna within the Samaj Mandir. But at the same time, Keshav Chandra also incorporated certain other uh, rituals from the Christian side. And uh, this also has been uh, criticized by many from within the Samaj. For example, Shivnath Shastri, one of the leaders who were with Keshav at that time, but who later split from Keshav, called him and his followers the Hindu Apostles of Christ. Um, <clears throat> Keshav Chandra also introduced Aratis along with his home ceremony. So there was a kind of uh, infusion of uh, Vaishnava elements, Christian elements, Vedic elements. So all of these kind of uh, fused in his uh, vision. Another controversy which I will... Uh, I think you are reaching your conclusion. Yes, uh, I'll just... Uh, touch upon another controversy because this is a very important uh, controversy which happened in uh, 1871 when the uh, British government uh, promulgated a Brahmo marriage bill uh, to in order to provide for the marriages of uh, Brahmos. In that bill one had to proclaim that uh, I am neither a Hindu nor a Muslim nor a Christian nor a Parsi etc etc. The Adi Brahmo Samaj took very strong opposition to this bill. They came out on the roads and uh, protested. Uh, another very important uh, leader of the Adi Brahmo Samaj, uh, Rajnarayan Bose, the, grand, the uh, grandfather of uh, Aurobindo Ghosh, he uh, came out on the streets and he uh, distributed pamphlets against this. The position of the Adi Brahmo Samaj was, one, that the Brahmo Samaj is very much a part of Hinduism, of uh, Hindu Dharma. Their position was that if we accept this act, then uh, the Brahmo ritual itself is invalidated because the marriage is performed by the uh, government ceremony of signing the document. 
but the marriage is not performed by the ritual itself. But uh, Keshav Chandra Sen and the other groups of the Brahmo Samad, the so-called uh, groups, supported this bill. The position of the Adi, yes, the uh, position of the Adi Brahmo Samaj also was that the Brahmo marriage is very much a Hindu marriage on the lines of the traditional sects of within Hindu dharma, which had uh, developed throughout the centuries. Many other sects like the Sikhs, etc., many of whom have their own uh, rituals, etc. But all of these are accepted as part of Hindu dharma. So that was the stand of the Adi Brahmo Samaj. But this stand clashed with the stand of the uh, other party, the uh, Keshav Shen party. So I'll just conclude by saying that this entire debate, which I have uh, tried to bring out within a short time, shows the interaction between two very distinct trends. One trend within the Brahmo Samaj, drawing inspiration from the eternal Upanishadic Vedantic religion, Though they also uh, rejected the Karmakanda aspect, this was the trend led by uh, Devendranath Tagore and the Adi Brahmo Samaj. The other trend led by Keshav and others, drawing inspiration from a new West-oriented education and uh, universalist rather than an eternal orientation. So one uh, faction of the Brahmo Samaj called itself eternal. They said that even before Ramohan and even before the formal founding of the Brahmo Samaj, there were always people who followed the actual, what they considered to be the actual uh, monotheistic, uh, non-idol worshipping religion of the Vedas. So they drew inspiration from that tradition. There was another faction which drew inspiration from the Christian or the uh, Western tradition. And they said that rather than eternal, we are universalistic. So it was eternal versus universalistic pitted against each other. So in our work today, this, uh, when we separate these uh, interwoven strands, this throws light on the intervention of colonialism and the colonial ideas and education on the Hindu psyche. And also the distortion of Indic concepts in the colonial era. If we have to go forward with a clear understanding of uh, indigenous concepts and their subsequent uh, distortion, and also if we have to um, examine the traditional relationship between the different punts of Hindu society as it existed from time immemorial, from the pre-colonial era, then the study of these two distinct trends within the Brahmo Samaj uh, will uh, throw much light on uh, these uh, developments of the colonial era. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ravi Ranjanji. Now